everybody. Thank you for joining episode 40 of The Green Life. Today's episode is delicious. We're going to talk about plant-based food. Yum, yum. Before we get into the episode, though, big shout out to Nama Well for the J2 juicer powering this podcast. The J2 is an amazing machine, which I am loving using and has upgraded my juicing experience for real. And it's so beautiful to look at, easy to use, easy to clean, and actually saves us money because it squeezes every little bit of juice out of your produce. So if you want to have 10% off your purchase, go into the show notes and check it out. Now back to the show. Big shout out to Lei Shishak for being our guest on the show. I'm very, very excited. Lei is a trained chef at plant-based nutrition graduate of the T. Colin Campbell Center of Nutrition Studies. So she is not actually a vegan chef, but transformed herself into a transitioning plant-based chef. She is changing her diet as most of the planet is in a way that is sustainable for her. As a result, she created this beautiful book, Easy Plant-Based Cooking for Two, Delicious Vegan Recipes to Enjoy Together. And this is what we're gonna talk about today because we really wanna make sure that we know how to support people that want to introduce more plants into their diets and perhaps don't know how. I loved reading the ebook, waiting for my hard copy so I can start making some beautiful recipes from it and sharing them on Instagram, so check them out. Stay tuned with us on Instagram as well. It's um, Lei is also a, the food editor at All Recipes. So if you are a blogger, if you are a creator of recipes, especially plant-based, you'll see in the show, Lei is very happy to receive more plant-based recipes. So feel free to write to All Recipes and contribute so we can really start creating a movement of more and more people going plant-based. Okay, I can talk so much about lay and food, but how about we ask her to share a beautiful story and journey. So without further ado, let's welcome our guest. Welcome, Lei. Hi, Lei. Thank you so, so much for joining us on The Green Life today. How are you? Hi, Chantel. I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. I'm really excited to talk about your new book and about your uh, your story. It's really a uh, passion about food and how you really developed. And also, I know you're not fully plant-based, but this book is. And uh, I love it that it's plant-based food basically for two people, for couples, which is great. I mean, obviously, it's a, a person can make it for themselves and have leftovers. But it's nice to have a recipe that is actually targeted at um at two people i also love the fact that that avoids a lot of waste um so yeah but before we get into the book um can you just tell us a little bit about you how you got into this beautiful field of food which um, i love because i'm a foodie and um yeah how do you start even writing well let's see uh when growing up i loved to hang out in the kitchen with my parents. They were both um, frequent cooks and we rarely ate out actually. So um, I was always in there kind of opening the pots and seeing what was going on. And, and I love to sit on uh, the, the ground in the kitchen and I would, I would just pull out all of my mom's cookbooks and all her recipe cards. And I was just fascinated by this whole idea of, of cooking and creating in the kitchen. So uh, it started at a young age. Um, but then, of course, I went to college and I studied something entirely different. And I began working in New York City in finance. And I did that for about five years. But during those five years, um, I was cooking you know, on my own and also working at a bakery on the weekends. And um, so that 
that allowed me to kind of dabble into the kitchen on the sweet side. And I really wanted to learn more. So um, after five years in New York, I decided to go to upstate New York to culinary school at the CIA. And um, I went to chef school. And after two years, I graduated as a chef and I moved out to Los Angeles. And then I just began working in kitchens in Los Angeles, eventually making my way down to Orange County, California, which is where I live now. And that's when I started, um, sorry, I decided to open up my own bakery. So I had done that from 2010 to 2020. I owned a bakery in San Clemente, California called Sugar Blossom, which is still there. I just no longer own it. And um, it was during that time at the bakery that I I was coming up with so many recipes for the my business. And I really um, wanted to share them with everyone. And that's when the idea of a cookbook uh, came into my head. And I was fortunate enough to find a publisher in New York who was willing to create the book for me. And um, we now have gone on to write um, five cookbooks together. Easy Plant-Based Cooking for Two is my fifth cookbook. And uh, it just came out in October. And, and so I am just promoting this wonderful world of plant-based eating. Um, like you said, I am not fully plant-based and I was um, have been a meat eater since I can remember. But I will say after selling my bakery in 2020 and it was the start of the pandemic, I really wanted to make some healthy changes in my life, like a lot of people did, right? So, um, so I started researching different diets and um, I knew I couldn't go completely plant-based um, right away. It was going to be a little too scary for me to do. Um, so I just started studying it. I got my plant-based um, certificate. And I realized that it doesn't have to be all or nothing, at least not in the beginning. You know, I was, I wanted to do this and I wanted to enjoy it. I think that was the biggest thing. Um, so I started coming up with um, plant-based recipes on my own and, and I would slowly incorporate more plants into my diet. Um, I think one of the, we can talk about this later, but definitely there's definitely tips I have for, for starting a plant-based diet, but I really started viewing meat as a side dish and that helped me a, a lot with this transition. So, um, so yeah, so I just started developing plant-based recipes. I ran it by my editor. It's like, hey, what about a plant-based cookbook? Um, I think this is something that people will really enjoy. And, um, and then we decided to do the cooking for two angle because I live in a household of two. Prior to that, I lived in a household of one for a very long time. And, um, and like you said, I think people are really interested in um, curbing waste these days as well. You know, there's no reason that um, my husband and I should make a full eight by 11 inch dish of lasagna and eat it for the whole week or try to eat it for the whole week and then, you know, end up throwing up throwing out half of it because we're so tired of eating lasagna. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's how the idea of the, the cookbook came about. Uh, brilliant. Okay. I have a few things I have to say from Europe. <laughs> when I read CIA, I was like, hold on, I have to dig this up because obviously I'm thinking the CIA, like, you know, the central intelligence. Sure. <laughs> like, oh, it's vintage cooking. <laughs> so I had to put that up. And then, um, so yeah, I'll clarify that one uh, from the chef, the, the culinary school. Great. And then um, I just found out that it, your, your bakery is in uh, San Clemente, which I believe is where you live now. Or I live a little, I, I used to, I live a little north of San Clemente now, but I'm, I'm still very close. Yes. Uh, brilliant. So I had a friend who lived there in San Clemente and actually we visited, visited her in 2016. Uh, no way. Yeah. And when I found out, I was like, I have a very random question for you. Have you ever been to this bakery? 
yes, why? I'm like, you won't believe it. I'm actually interviewing the, the founder. And I thought, oh my gosh, we were there. We didn't manage to go anywhere aside from our house because we were staying in LA. But um, I was just, you know, so, wow, serendipity. So what a small <laughs> world. I love I that. Know. I know. <laughs> so, um, so brilliant. And then I saw you you studied with um, the T. Colin Campbell um, online course. So, yeah, I, I think that course is so brilliant. And um, obviously the whole, you know, the story of, of uh, Dr. Campbell is really, um, you know, rooted into why they're doing this, why they have the program. And you're right, like, we don't have to go 100%. I mean, I'm the kind of person that does everything big bang, like I can't do halfway <laughs> anything. So I, I literally just like, okay, um, I, I went plan based uh, in 20. 13. Uh, but I, I understand that a lot of people can't and I understand that it's good to just transition. And I love what you said, making any animal products on the dish aside, um, because we grow up with the meat being the center and then vegetables being aside. And Absolutely. it around. Yeah, so I love that. Um, and so your husband, is he on board with the changes you've been making? Because sometimes, you know, it's really hard when you want to do something different and the other person that is with you is not really ready. Uh, how are you navigating or how is he navigating the changes? Is he supportive? Is he on board? Thankfully, totally supportive. Um, <laughs> it's a little more challenging for him. You know, he loves his meat dishes for sure. Uh, but yeah, he was pretty excited to hear what this cookbook was about because he wanted to make changes. I mean, he is the one, I don't think he'll mind me sharing this. I mean, he is the one with more of the health issues. He has the high cholesterol. He has the high blood pressure. He is slightly overweight. So those are, you know, you know, he's someone I care about, obviously, and I wanted to help him, you know, feel healthier and get be and get better and get his blood pressure down. Uh, so these were ways that we've been able to do that, you know, definitely cutting down on um, salt has helped a lot. Um, eating, obviously eating plants has helped a ton. And then also we've discovered that um, beets have been super helpful to lowering his blood pressure. So I've been incorporating beets a lot into smoothies and, and our dishes and salads as well. Uh, brilliant. Great tip. Yeah, I love how beets are so powerful. I mean, they really cleanse the, the blood in a way that is amazing and great for the liver as well. So yep. yeah, the beets are superfoods really. So uh, amazing. And so when you when you started, well, first of all, why did you decide to sell the bakery? Because you, you obviously mentioned it's still open. So <laughs> you didn't really close it. It wasn't a pandemic choice for, you know, it's not working anymore. Why did you decide to step out of it? Yeah. So ironically, I signed a 10-year lease in March of 2010. Mm. So in March of 2020, the 10-year lease was up. And um, sure, I could have renewed it, but, but I have to say my, my body physically was really not doing well. I had had um, some surgery in 20, 2008. I'm sorry, 2018. <laughs> 2018, I had the surgery and I just was dealing with a lot of chronic pain from that surgery. And so aside from that, and then also just the everyday wear and tear of using your body, you know, so much in a, in a kitchen environment, I was really, really suffering from tendonitis and a, um, a lot of arthritis. So it was time I had to step away. I just wanted to make sure that I found um, new owners who would, you know, continue to run the 
the, the bakery successfully. So that's, that's mainly why it was really like the physical and, and um, health limitations that I was having at the time, which again, plant-based eating has really, really been good to my body. Yeah, I can relate to that. I can also relate to you working in finance. So I used to be at JP Morgan and I worked. Um, oh my gosh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> we did not rehearse this. <laughs> I swear. So I was JP Morgan London. You must, you were in JP Morgan New York. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so funny. Um, so yeah, I was, I really, I mean, it was a great experience. Like you learned so much in that environment, but I was just not happy. And um <laughs> I, I just, I couldn't, that wasn't me. And so I actually went on to study uh, to become a health coach and um, yoga teacher. And I just stepped out of it. And one of the things that I can relate to you is how you grew up looking at your parents cooking. My grandmother was a very good cook and I used to really mm. be in awe of her. And so I love being in the kitchen. So whenever I see a new book, especially like yours is so fun because it's a lot of recipes that mostly are generally with meat and, and other, other products and they've been just transformed into plant-based. And I love doing that because I feel it's such, mm. such a fun way for people that are not plant-based to implement the, the, the plants into a dish that they are familiar with. Because I feel like a lot of people are afraid of change they, they, they're going to think, oh, what, what does it taste like? But if you can make <laughs> lasagna with no meat and it still mm-hmm. tastes amazing, that's great. So that's one of the things you have in there. And then I saw the beautiful, which I'm looking forward to making, the, um, the burrito with the... Oh, um, yeah. Um, what, it's not plantain, jackfruit. Jackfruit, jackfruit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that's the first thing I'm making when the book gets here. This week. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, people have asked me, it's funny, uh, you know, they've asked me how I came up with the recipes. And so I started out by just creating a list of plants I wanted to cook with. And one of them was jackfruit because I had, prior to writing this cookbook, I had never had jackfruit. I never cooked with it. I didn't know what it was, but I'd heard about it in a lot of vegan cooking. So um, that's how I came up with that with that recipe. And I'm also glad to hear you point out that, um, you know, the recipes come from the mind of a meat eater because, because um, I would really hope the recipes in this cookbook um, are approachable to anyone, but especially someone who is a meat eater, but looking to incorporate more plants into their diet, because I, I want all the recipes to be like, oh, that sounds good. You know, I can make that. That's not scary or that's not using quote unquote, weird vegan ingredients. So yeah. Um, yeah, so that was that was a main goal of mine too. I think you achieved it because that's the first thing I, I thought when I saw the ebook and I thought, wow, this is really easy. Like it's all the, the things that most people eat, but instead of having animals in it, they have vegetables, it's brilliant. So right. yeah, great, well done. And so with, with things like jackfruit, which you never used before, how long did it take you to get familiar with it? And how many, like, did you know exactly, did you know immediately you were gonna use it in a burrito? Or did you try like a million recipes and then thought this is the one? Let's see. I, I believe I wrote down just jackfruit to begin with. And then once I got there, um, you know, and reading about how people like to use it because it has more of that um, chewy texture, almost stringy. And so it very, very much res- can resemble shredded chicken or shredded pork. Um, so that's how that I kind of went through that thought process and then was like, well, what, what, what flavors haven't I worked with yet in the book? And um, at that time, I hadn't really worked with um, a lot of, you know, Mexican flavors. And I think that's how I ended up forming this, um, 
it's kind of like roasted jackfruit in the oven. And then I was like, let's mix it with some rice and grains to bulk it up a little bit. And then uh, let's, let's stuff it all <laughs> into a pepper. So that's kind of how I, I came about it. And then to talk about a little bit more about the recipe, what I love the most about that recipe is there's a, a creamy cilantro avocado sauce that's drizzled on top. And that really makes the whole dish come together nicely. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yum. Love, yeah. Love, love cilantro. <laughs> Brilliant. Can't wait. <laughs> I've been doing them all. As I know. <laughs> Good. Um, Yay. <laughs> I mean, one thing I, I, I see that you use uh, cooking oil. Um, I, I, I cook without oil, but I think a lot of them can be made without uh, any, any oil. So for people that are on the low fat part of the plant-based diet, I think it's easy to just make those swaps. Um, what would you say? Yes, and some, mm. sorry, didn't mean to no, interrupt. No, no, no. I just want to point out, yes, some of the recipes are oil-free, not all, mm. like you said, and the majority aren't, but the ones that are, are definitely noted at the top of each recipe header as oil-free. Brilliant. And um, yeah, my thought was if there is um, like something that is oily, that is maybe needed for a cream in, in um, you know, for example, I think for the, for the dessert, it's a little trickier, but if there is some, coconut oil or something in the in the dessert that requires a fat if somebody wanted to make it without what would you be what, what, what would you advise to to exchange it for I like to use um, dates a lot mm. you know not only do they provide sweetness but they also provide a lot of moisture in the um, in the recipe so I've been ex experimenting a lot with that um, you can also try, you know, some coconut sugar as well. But I, for me, I've had the most luck with dates. Oh, brilliant. That's a yummy suggestion. Love it. I know. <laughs> it tastes so good. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, oh, brilliant. So uh, the recipes, they just come to you? Because I know one thing about me. I love cooking, but I'm an intuitive cook. So I just um, throw things together and then I'm like, oh God, how much of what was in there? Because people always ask me for the recipe. I'm like, I don't know. Just put things together. <laughs> So I kind of wing it, but not always right. Right. I mean, with the savory stuff, you can get away with it. With the dessert, forget about it. You have to be really precise. But so I was wondering, how do you like? How do you come up with the recipes? How do you get inspired? How long does it take you to write them down? You know that part that is the hard work. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. I mean, there's definitely sometimes, I mean, it depends on the recipe. Some recipes I get really fortunate and maybe it'll take me one to two times, but there is some that, you know, can take 10 to 20 times too. Wow. I mean, I, I definitely can think of like ones like they're uh, in this book, the apple oat cakes, which are a breakfast dish which I love. And um, I mean, it probably took me about 20 times because I wanted to get that, that um, texture, that, that texture that I had in my head of what it should, should be like, and then what it should also taste like. And, you know, finally I was happy with it and it made the book, but it did take me quite a while. And um, yeah, with desserts, I have to say, I'm, I'm a little, I'm probably more comfortable with desserts just because mm -hmm. of my background with, um, you know, owning a bakery. It just, uh, it, there's a certain comfort level I have with it, but, um, but, you know, it can vary as, you know, even trained chefs, you know, we can get very frustrated with, with recipes and, you know, we have to, as a cookbook author, you have to test it and test it over and over again until it's absolutely perfect. Otherwise I'm not going to put it in, in the book. Mm. Oh my gosh. Yes. I absolutely. Yeah. I can't wait to try them because, uh, you know, as you said, like I, I, it's nice when it's a chef that writes, 
a book, but it's not complicated. Because a lot of chefs write amazing books, but God, when you read them, you're like, what is going on here? <laughs> and yours is very easy to read. It's like, you know, a blogger would have wrote it. And I know that yeah. you actually deal with a lot of bloggers as well because you are uh, an, an editor. For the yes, recipe, yeah. right? So um, so you have to be kind of familiar with how people like me would write a recipe, which I, I, I love because we need kind of layman terms. Sometimes uh, stuff you're like, what is this? And, um, you know, yeah, that's, all that's, chefs, yeah. That's a great point to to bring up. Um, yeah, as you said, I am an editor at allrecipes.com. And um, so I do, you know, edit recipes for the home cooks, submitted by home cooks. And, um, you know, our, the whole goal of what I do every day is try to make recipes clear and concise for an everyday cook. And so the fact that you said that you opened my book and it looks like a blogger, that actually makes me thrilled because I think bloggers are amazing. I love what they do. I'm so impressed with the amount of recipes that they can come up with. <laughs> it's so impressive. So yeah, that that's, a, you know, one wonderful thing, um, which I hope appeals to many people about my cookbook is that the recipes are easy to follow, easy to read, make sense, they're approachable, they use everyday ingredients, you're not going to struggle to find the ingredients. Um, other than you're probably ba- your local market should have everything that you need. Yeah, absolutely. That's one thing that I think it's great. Um, very, very easy ingredients. And, and that's the other thing. I think you said at the beginning, right, you wanted something that was approachable because, again, when we go all funky with the vegan <laughs> ingredients, sometimes it's scary, but also pricey. And I think with, yes. the, with the way that you wrote it, because it's using ingredients that are basic um, that you can find anywhere, it's cheaper to make as well, which is, you know, making it affordable is very important, especially in the economy we're in. So it's not because a lot of people are actually put down by I, I hear a lot of people saying vegan food is very expensive, which we know that if it's done in a whole food way is not. But there mm-hmm. are things out there that are quite, you know, complex or, you know, you're using a lot of um, things that um, you need to go to a health store for. Of course, the price in a health store is going to be a lot more than in a supermarket. Right. So it is scary for people. So it's nice that your book is actually really easy the ingredients are at the supermarket or the market even better and you can just you know do them without problem and yeah I think that's really important absolutely yeah and I hope that comes comes through in the in the cookbook it does so I have to ask when you try all the recipes especially several times is your husband like your guinea pig (laughs) absolutely I love it. <laughs> yes, and and not only that, he's very honest, you know. You know, I always tell, you know, it's never like, yeah, this isn't good. It's it's always like, it's good, you know, but that I know that that means okay, I need to work a little bit more on that. And uh yeah, when he basically like takes the first bite and has to like back away a little, he's just that's that's his sign like, wow, that's really good. So, yeah, he he he's totally my guinea pig. Guinea pig. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. I love it that you know the body language is like when it's yeah. really good, you know, like stepping like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> yes. And actually, I do have a close friend, too. Uh, we've been friends for, for you know decades. She um, she is a vegan. And so uh, I had her try a, a good number of dishes. She really loved the um, or loves the chickpea and sweet potato mulligatawny that's in the mm. cookbook. Um, that's one of her favorites. 
yeah I saw that one especially because I'm I'm really I don't know what's happening to me but I'm like on the sweet potato boat I love, <laughs> I love them in every I'm like, okay it's my season I'm the sweet potato yes yes me too me too I love sweet potatoes <laughs> very great and uh so in terms of um obviously the the book has a lot of tips on how to in, to make the recipe easy and affordable, as we mentioned. But what are the tips you can give people that perhaps have never cooked a plant-based dish and now they are changing? So you mentioned in the beginning you had some tips to help people transition. Can you share them with us? Yeah, I've got 10 tips that really helped me. I won't go through all of them, but um, the, the first one is is kind of basic. It's determine your motivation. And I, I think that's true with anything you, you decide to change in your life, right? So um, I would suggest doing that for this. You know, it's it's got to be a solid reason why you're doing it. Otherwise, you're not going to stick to the plan. So um, figure, ask yourself why why do I need to incorporate more plants into my diet? You know, what changes do I want to see in my life, uh, my mental health, my well-being? And um, that's going to help you stay on track. Um, so once you do that, then um, secondly, probably find a support system. It's much easier to do it with someone. And it's not necessarily someone who's going to eat plant-based with you, but just have someone you can talk to about things and, and um he or she can help support you on the way. And if you don't have anyone locally, there's so many groups online too that you can find. I, you know, this plant-based world has, was new to me prior to writing this cookbook, but I have to say after writing it and, you know, talking with dietitians when I was writing the book, they've been so welcoming. I, I feel like they just want to get the word out there on how incorporating more plants into your diet is beneficial for you in so many ways. And I've never met a group that has been so warm and welcoming within the food industry. Um, so that's been really meaningful to me. So definitely there are online social groups that you can, you can be a part of. Um, and then I would probably say, I said, view meat as a side dish kind of along those lines. Um, something that's really popular. Everyone's heard of it. Meatless Mondays. It's a really easy way to just start um, being aware of eating less meat. So I would say that. And then um, Chantel, you brought this up earlier. My book has a lot of familiar flavors in it, you know, nothing too crazy. So I would say, try and just stick to familiar flavors, flavors that you like. If you love curries, stick to curries. Just let's, let's, throw a bunch of vegetables in it instead of chicken, you know, it's totally yeah. doable. So I would say, say that would be another tip as well. Oh, those are brilliant. And they're so applicable. So easy. Um, I love them. So uh, your book has one thing that I really find amazing aside from the actual recipes, but it's the photos. Um, how complex, who took the photos? Did you get, <laughs> you have to get in the, in the studio or did you take them? What, what was the process? Because I know a lot of people don't like to take their own photos. So obviously you have to then cook uh, separately in a studio or in a kitchen that is hired and then find the photos. So it's more complex to do that, but how, yeah, what was for, for you the process? Yeah. So um, I took all the food photos. Uh, there are some photos of me and my husband and, you know, just kind of the, the brand photos. I did have a professional photographer take the brand photos um, and she's fantastic. Um, but yeah, as far as the, all the photos of the recipes and um, the dishes and some of the ingredients I did take um, and I took them at my home for the most part. Um, I've been practicing and trying to get better in photography for years now. So um, 
my, my biggest tip for that is just find a place with good lighting. And, and in my house, there's like one ledge in the living room. There's like this one table in the dining room that works really well. And um, it's all about lighting. So, you know, it, it definitely takes some, some frustration, you know, not every, you know, photo I took, I probably take honestly about 200 photos of one dish. Mm-hmm. And there's one that I choose to go into, into the book. So um, that's challenging. But I, you know, I will say my first two or three books, I had a professional photographer take the um, recipe photos. And it was a challenge because you've got to plan out what you're going to make. And, um, you know, we tried doing, you know, I would try and make maybe do like five dishes. And then she would come over and take the photos or I would take them to her and she would take the photos. And, and by then the photos, the food doesn't look as good. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not as warm. It's not fresh out of the oven. And so you have to try it like finagle ways to make it look fresh. And, and, you know, even now I look back at some of those photos and I'm like, oh, that, that was, that was sticking out and it shouldn't have stuck out or like that, did, that doesn't look that appetizing. So um, I really worked hard to be able to try and take the photos myself because it's, it's just, it's so much, the food looks so much better because it's made right at that time. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's beautiful. And uh, well done. Well done. The photos are beautiful. Thank you. Thank and, you. That means a lot to me. And it is a skill because I can tell you <laughs> that I try, I try to take photos that are amazing, but boy, I just, it happened for me. <laughs> Like, okay, photography gene, not here. (laughs) (laughs) It takes practice. (laughs) It does. (laughs) Maybe I have to apply myself a little more with that. But yeah, beautiful, beautiful pictures. And people always eat with their eyes first. So if it's appealing, they're like, ooh, this is going to be good. Yes, yes. I want to make sure that people, if they flip through the book, they're like, yes, I need to buy this. <laughs> oh, amazing. And for the book, are you planning a, um, a tour as well? Or um, is it just going to be online? How are you navigating the space? Yeah, so it's just going to be online, um, knowing not doing any kind of physical tours, but I have done um, some cooking appearances. So, um, you know, hopefully people will catch me doing some of those. Yeah, brilliant. I, I saw um, one of the reviews for your books, which were all amazing, but it was from uh, Kim um, Campbell. And um, I actually thought that she was the one that uh, put you in touch with me because she's so great at oh. connecting people. <laughs> so I asked her. Uh, but oh, that's she, funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she didn't, but she said she loved your book. She loves your book and she loved your recipe. So uh, she was really yeah. happy that I was interviewing you. She's a, she's a sweetheart, really is. And uh, yeah, but your, the reviews were all amazing. And I can tell okay, from people that know how to cook. So if people don't know Kim, she's actually on a podcast as well. Um, but she's the developer for, uh, she makes all the, uh, the um the recipes for plum pure nation so um or plum pure i should say the plum pure nation uh, documentary is coming out again actually the second one. Oh, <laughs> is it oh nice yes, i didn't know gen- that yeah in january Yay, so, yeah very excited <laughs> <laughs> yeah very very excited about it so she made all the recipes for the program and I, so i noticed she really loves flavors and she loves to cook and she loves to look at that so when when she yeah she definitely she totally loves your um your recipes so it was nice to see and i was like oh yes i'm really looking forward to, to checking them out too yeah so i yeah i don't know kim personally but she was definitely someone i wanted um to approach to write 
um, a pre-release review for my cookbook. And I was, I was like, oh, she's not going to do it. You know, like, but I was like, let me, let me ask her because I, I was such a fan of her father-in-law's, you know, T. Colin Campbell, his, his program and, and his course. And I was like, they know what they're talking about. And, you know, and I, that it's through that, that I discovered her and her work and her cookbooks. And, and I was like, okay, she's, she gets it. You know, I like how I like the recipes that she writes and, and I like her style. And so I had, you know, I didn't really know how to contact her. So I, I'm sure she won't mind. I contacted her on Facebook and, uh, and, but I didn't hear from her for a little while actually. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> and we were hitting the deadline for the cookbook. And then she, you know, had reached out, responded. I remember it was like in the evening and I was like, I literally jumped off my couch. It was like, Oh my gosh, she responded. <laughs> And I was so thrilled, you know, she had apologized. She hadn't seen my message. And, um, but she, you know, she immediately, I sent her the book right away and, and she got back to me really quickly with a review and, and it, it really, it meant so much to me. Yeah, she's great. I'm so happy she, yeah, she's great. And I mean, you know, she was right about the review because your the recipes look amazing and I'm sure when I make them, they'll taste just as good as they do. And, <laughs> Yay. You know, so, um so what yeah so when you you obviously are still editing as we said before at all recipes um what is do you see more people writing plant-based than before do you see like an increase of interest in uh, even in the space of blogging and online recipe sharing I definitely see it in the space of blogging. Yeah, I'm not sure if I see it too much with all recipes, to be honest. But um, you know, do I would I like to see that? Sure. Yes. Yeah. So anyone out there start submitting some plant-based recipes to all recipes. We'd love to have them. But um, but definitely in the space of of blogging and even cookbooks, um, I'm definitely seeing an increase in in plant-based. And and I hope that trend continues. Yeah, I'm sure it will, really. Because more and more people are becoming also um health conscious but also pla planet conscious so yes. it really marries the message marries very very well you know absolutely yeah and and meat's getting really expensive so <laughs> let's start looking at plant plant altern alternatives yeah i really i haven't yeah, I haven't even looked at the prices of animal products. I'm sure you haven't, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, but I'm sure they're going up. It's true. Um, just because I'm noticing, this is one thing I noticed a lot, and I, I wonder what your opinion is on this. I obviously see a lot of the vegan products um, are quite expensive. So if you want to buy alternatives to meat, alternatives to cheese, they are quite expensive. And for me, that's actually not a bad thing because I'm thinking more people will have, I feel more people need to actually cook a plant-based whole food diet that is vegan rather than um, going for the alternatives because ultimately that's still processed food. How do you yes. view that? How do you, because they obviously, obviously studied nutrition. So how do you see that? Like, what's your opinion on it? What's your, what, what do you feel like the trend is going to be? What do you feel like people are going to be like? And what do you want to obviously portray to your book with that message as well? Yeah, I, I feel the same way you do. I'm not the, the biggest fan of those vegan um, processed foods. I, I don't particularly even like the taste of them and, you know, not to bash like impossible burgers or, or people like that. You know, I just, there are companies like that. I just, I just don't, um, care for those. They're, they're processed. And I don't feel, I feel like you can make a really delicious quote unquote burger with just plants. I mean, I, I believe I succeeded in that in my veggie burger <laughs> recipe in my cookbook. So, um, you know, I think by just using 
um, fresh ingredients like mushrooms and lentils and, um, you know, things like that. We can just, and breadcrumbs, we can, and flax seeds to bind it all together. We can, you know, create something that's not processed and that tastes just as delicious. So, you know, a lot, I would say you're not going to find ingredients like that, you know, many processed ingredients in my cookbook. I think I do put vegan Parmesan as like one of the ingredients, um, but I don't use it a lot. And, and to me, they're not necessary to make uh, a delicious dish. Mm, yeah, I agree. Yummy. Um, what about the, well, what, what about the food that you think um, in the book is going to, well, what is your favorite, first of all? Like, what, what was your favorite recipes in there? But also, what do you think, oh. like, what's the feedback? People are coming back, like, this is the recipe that you really amazing, you nailed it, it's our favorite. Do you see it? Do you see one that pops up? You know, it's interesting. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll talk about my favorite and then I'll, and then, um, but I'll start with telling you what I feel like most people are starting with, but I think it's because of the season. They're all making the stuffed acorn squash but I think it's because it's fall and it's squash season, but it is, it is delicious. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's a delicious roasted um, acorn squash that um, you, you know, saute some celery and some other vegetables and mushrooms and um, mix it with some quinoa, red quinoa, and it has flavors of sage um, in it. So it's, it's very like, you know, Thanksgiving flavors for those of us who celebrate Thanksgiving here in America. Um, so that's delicious. And that's been really popular. Um, I'll say my favorite though, to come to mind, I love the roasted cauliflower steaks, which I know are really popular, but what I, what I love about my recipe is that it uses one head of cauliflower for two people. And, um, half of the cauliflower is boiled and pureed. So you've got this wonderful, creamy cauliflower puree that you serve roasted cauliflower steaks over. And then you, you put a side of lentils um, with it. And then you garnish everything with this really flavorful kale pesto. And it's really bright and acidic and, and it brings kind of all the, the flavors together. So, and in the kale pesto bite, let me just read off the ingredients because I just love it. Mm. It's like kale and parsley and um, roasted almonds. There's a little nutritional yeast in there and some lemon zest, garlic, and extra virgin olive oil. All just familiar ingredients and um, all good for you. And it just, when you combine it all in a food processor, it just adds so much punch and flavor to, to dishes. So I'd say that's one of my favorite dishes. And then the mushroom risotto, I really, really love too. And um, it's creamy, it's delicious, it's so easy to make, you know, risotto, it does take a little while to cook on the stovetop, but it's entirely worth it. After um, the rice is tender and it's cooked, you actually stir in a little coconut milk at the very end, and that that gives it such nice creaminess. Oh, yeah, wow. <laughs> Are you hungry? I, I'm hungry. <laughs> I am hungry, actually. <laughs> After this call, I'm going to eat. <laughs> I'm salivating while we're talking. But anyway, keep it together, Chantal. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, I told you I'm a foodie. My gosh, no joke. Um, <laughs> that sounds amazing. And in terms of sweets, anyone, any of them that is like your favorite? Oh, goodness. Yeah, well... I do love, it's so hard for me to narrow them down, but there, I do have a really delicious caramel bread pudding. 
Um, I actually developed it last Christmas at my mom's place. <laughs> um, and it's really good. You make a, you know, typical caramel sauce, but you're going to use coconut milk instead of heavy cream to add the creaminess to the sauce. And then, um, the bread, the bread pudding is delicious. Again, it's, it's flavored with um, coconut milk to, to bind it all together and make it moist. But I do use cinnamon and nutmeg in it as well. And some vanilla and some maple syrup to sweeten it. And um, it just, to me, it tastes like any delicious um, non-plant-based bread pudding. I I wouldn't even be able to tell the difference, honestly. So um, I do love that. I do love the blueberry lavender crisp as well. I love playing around with herbs um, in both savory and sweet dishes. And lavender and blueberry are just a delightful combination. So that's a nice little delicious twist on, on a crisp. I actually noticed that. I noticed that you even have a coffee with lavender. Or a oh, I do. Yeah yeah. 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 So how did you, like, how did you even think about putting lavender with coffee? <laughs> uh, trial and error. But I just, I do, uh, you know, at the bakery, I have to say, we had a lavender uh, latte and it was very, very popular. So I would make a lavender simple syrup at the shop and um, we would add that to lattes and it's, it's just, it's so yummy. If you haven't tried it, just, yeah, definitely try adding lav fresh lavender to your um, or even dried lavender, make a simple syrup and add it to your coffee drinks. And it's, it's delicious. Oh, wow. I am going to try that. <laughs> I'm definitely going to try that. Did you ever, did you ever play around with the essential oil instead of the, the actual uh, plant instead of the flower? I have not played around with essential oils in cooking, um, but I do in my baths. So, <laughs> Brilliant. Well, somewhere. <laughs> yes. I even just, yeah, I have essential oils by my bedside too. And um, I always um, inhale them, you know, right before I, I lay down to sleep. It's just, it's so calming and soothing. Yeah, they are beautiful. And the reason I asked is that in some countries, they don't allow internal use of essential oils, but I know the US does. Um, okay. So I was wondering if you had played around with that uh, as you were making the recipes. Not yet, but now I will. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question um, about uh, herbs. So I, you know, we, a lot of people that cook, uh, put the herbs when they're cooking, but then recently I heard that it's better to put the, the herbs after you don't want to cook them too much. What what you what's the science behind it the, the the chef science behind it yeah you know i've heard that too that you don't want to overcook the herbs um i guess it depends on what i'm cooking and it just kind of takes trial and error if if i make something and i feel like the flavor of the herbs or the scent of the herbs isn't coming through maybe it is because i added it too soon um i know i definitely don't like to um stir fry them on hot heat too long. You know, if I'm, if I'm like, say I'm sauteing some vegetables first, like say in the stuffed acorn squash where I'm making the um, quinoa filling, if I'm sauteing the vegetables first, I do add some herbs. If I recall correctly, I do add them um, after I saute the vegetables, but I don't saute them too quickly, you know, maybe a minute at most. And then I'll add the rest of the ingredients because I think the high heat, um, may not be good for a prolonged time on, um, on the herbs. So yeah, I think it just, it just depends, but that does kind of make sense that maybe you wouldn't want to, um, expose them too long to high heat. Yeah. I was, yeah. I noticed when I make curries, if I add the cilantro at the end and I just let it sit for a minute, uh, I taste it more than if I cooked it. 
Um, yes. So I was one. I was like, and this actually in this makes sense. But then you know, then you have Italian dishes where like you cook the basil with the sauce, whatever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, still, you still taste it, so you're like, that's cool. That works. Right. right. <laughs> Yes, yes, that's true. Yes. And yeah, to go back to curries. Yeah, that's how I add cilantro at the end. Maybe I let it, you know, cook for a minute at most, or, you know, some dishes just fold in at the end or just garnish with it too. So yeah, I, it may just depend on what, what kind of dish you're cooking. Yeah, true. Brilliant. So uh, you, do you feel inspired to like do something more after this book to do with plant-based or, you know, I don't know if you're really thinking future? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, so I'm not thinking about my next cookbook quite yet. Um, but I'm sure within the next like six to eight, eight months, I'll start getting a little antsy and, and start thinking about it. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So I haven't really thought, thought about what my next cookbook will be. I will say, you know, I've continued to eat, a, you know, a plant-based diet and, um, I love talking about it and love, you know, telling people and sharing my story to others about it. So um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Brilliant. And this uh, holiday season, are you welcoming people at your house? Are you visiting your parents again? And will you be blessing them with your recipes for Google? <laughs> are you changing, saying we're going to change a little bit this year? It's going to be a little more plant-based. <laughs> yeah, so we just had about 13 people over for Thanksgiving. Um, Thanksgiving was last week. Yeah. Here, here in the States. Um, so yeah, and we had a wide variety of eaters. So we've got, we had the meat eaters and we had the vegetable eaters. So we did, we did everything, you know, we want to accommodate everyone. Um, but I did my roasted, um, my Brussels sprouts salad from the cookbook. I, mm. I made that for everyone. So that was a big hit. Um, and, yeah, for Christmas, I'll be going back east um, to Pennsylvania, and I'll be spending it with my side of the the family. So yeah, we'll see. My mom's a big, you know, vegetable eater anyway. So, um, so there'll be lots of vegetables and um, a good mix of different foods for sure. Oh, it's fantastic. And has she made some of your recipes as well? From the book? She had, I believe she's made one. I can't remember now. She did tell me she, I sent her an early copy. So it's been a little while since she, <laughs> she talked to me about the book, but I, I believe she did make a couple of the recipes already. So. Oh, cool. Oh, you well, know what she did? Yep. She hmm. She made the Indian style potatoes. That's oh, what she made. Oh, nice. Oh, that, yes, I saw them yes. and I was like, oh, those are, they look nice. They were, yes, they were she nice. made them and she actually even brought them to her friend as well. So. <laughs> oh, brilliant. She might surprise you with a whole table from your book yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious i'd be like these look familiar <laughs> no one put my daughter on the spot but yeah, right. <laughs> that'd be funny yeah brilliant amazing thank you so much lay i mean I, I i i really am looking forward to the next um you know how this develops and how i i really hope that you get to get in front of people, whether it's through TV or shows that you can do with your cooking, because they are fantastic recipes. They're really easy to make. And I think people will appreciate that they come from someone that hasn't been vegan for a very long time, or is not even actual vegan, but is transitioning to eating more plants that can inspire people. I think we all need it. We all need a little bit of inspiration and finding more kindness on our plates that is in a way that is sustainable. And also thanks for your work. Thank you. That means so much to me. And thank you so much for having me on. 
Anytime. I really, yeah, well, we'll speak very, very soon and I'm looking forward to the future. <laughs> Take care. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Leigh. And thank you everyone for staying on to this episode, which made me very, very hungry. Talking about delicious food. Wow. So if you enjoyed it too, and if you want to get yourself a copy of Easy Plant Based Cooking for Two, go into the show notes and do it. It's sold anywhere books are sold and it really supports Leigh into her journey, which is a beautiful one. So if you like the episode, as always, please do like it, share it, review it, help us grow because we only have more deliciousness to come and we want to share it with you every step of the way. So I'll see you next week. Bye.